welcome to episode 40 from the Shedden Podcast with myself, T-Dart. And as always, I'm joined by Theo, who's obviously in a much better place than I am right now. So how are you doing, Theo? Yeah, I'm enjoying my holiday and the location. Didn't really enjoy the game on Saturday, unfortunately. It, it made my, my weekend and my holidays, you know, a bit of a bad start here. But otherwise, you know, I can't complain enjoying the sunshine out here in Dubai. And it's nice to escape London for a bit. Yeah, definitely. Looks obviously looks amazing. You got the sun. Just to let you know, it's, it's raining, windy. There's a new storm on the way. For when you get, I'm back. pleased to hear. Um, I, I, I'm got, actually enjoying it. Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I like hearing that because honestly, it just makes me even more happy to be out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had, well, I was talking about the storm at the uh, London City Stadium at the weekend. Um, but before we get into that, let's let's talk about the competition that you've set up on Instagram as well. Yep. Um, 2,000 followers. I've, I mentioned it on our, our sort of preview that we did on, on YouTube uh, last week, but I just talked talk to listeners about that. What can they win? What do they need to do? Yeah, so we finally reached 2,000 followers on Instagram. For me, it's a pretty impressive milestone because we only started this podcast, I think, back in April, which is when we, we started the Instagram page as well. So to reach, you know, that amount of followers in that short amount of time, I think it, I'm quite, I'm really pleased with it. And obviously, a huge thank you for all your support and all your following and every comment, every reshare that you guys um you give us on, on instagram it does mean a lot and just to say a little bit of a thank you we've got a match day program from the chelsea juventus game um you know a few weeks ago when we won 4-0 and we're giving that away to one of our followers and if you want to enter the competition make sure you find a post on instagram we'll probably link it in the bio here but um but make sure you like that post you follow us on instagram from the shed end with underscores between each of the words and make sure you tag two friends in the comments. So a lot of people are liking the post, but not tagging friends. So make sure you tag yeah. those two friends in the comments. Yeah, I noticed that. So you've got to tag the friends to be in it to win it. If, if, if you don't, you're exempt from the uh, the final draw, which um, takes place in a few weeks. I believe it's a couple of weeks away. Yeah, might try to extend yeah. it to maybe the New Year's. But, um, but yeah, we'll announce the winner probably closer to the New Year's Eve. Yeah, cool, cool. And obviously you can follow us as always on um, our socials, which will be in the description below and also on YouTube. So like and sus subscribe, comment, all of that stuff as well. Let us know your thoughts about this episode as well. But let's get into it straight away. Obviously we've got to talk about, well, let's talk about our performance against West Ham. Um, again, I did a bit of a preview um, before the game and I, I said 2-1 I thought we were going to win I thought we were going to win comfortably and in some spells I thought that we did do that I thought we dominated the game but just give me your thoughts Theo on what kind of was a, a lacklustrous performance against West Ham it was an extremely disappointing performance I felt like the squad looked fatigued tired um, I actually predicted 1-1 on the app I felt like you know it'd be the type of game they'd, they'd taken points off the bigger teams this season West Ham especially at home. So I thought it'd be quite a difficult one for us. I would have taken a draw probably before kickoff. But then when the game started and Silva got the, the opening goal, I thought we could easily win it. But then it was just lapses of concentration, defensive mistakes that kind of cost us the three, you know, the three points or even the two points. If you, want to, you, know, you want to put it that way. Credit to West Ham, they took their chances. I want to say the first goal was really, really avoidable. It was a mistake by Mendy, a mistake by Jorginho. But I think Mendy should have just be clearing his lines. I've played goalkeeper in the past. I just know that when you're in that situation, all you have to do is just clear it. Even putting for a throw in, you know, he had that space to clear it. I think, I think I'm seeing it. We're seeing it a bit more in the last couple of games with Mendy. Maybe the whole second place in the Yashin Trophy award has gone to his head a bit. You know, now that he's proved himself for a year at Chelsea, maybe he can allow himself to, you know, get gain, get, get this confidence, which which led to that goal. Um, 
And then a second goal, I think, you know, we should maybe done a better job clearing game, more communication of the back line. And in a third goal, what can I say, it was just a fluke in a way. He even admitted it on Instagram or Twitter afterwards that he meant to cross it, not to to shoot. But um but yeah, you know, early December, it's kind of a bit annoying to be dropping points like this, especially with Manu the the week before. It just feels like if we are gonna, you know, it's kind of make or break December. I've said December's make or break. You know, games like this, if you want to be winning the title or be be a serious title contender, you should be at least, you know, winning it or getting the three points. So really disappointing um, Saturday afternoon at the London Stadium. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to agree with you. I think, you know, um, it's a shame because obviously we, we probably saw one of the best goals this season from Mason Mount. And it's been overshadowed from a Chelsea perspective by the, the result in, in itself. But I, I agree with you. I think, you know... <laughs> I think the midfield was a massive issue for us. I think obviously we've we've tinkered with that midfield a couple of times now and due to, you know, forced injuries and, and reasons that are out of Tuchel's control. But I just think that's two games on the bounce. We've we've seen a poor, poorish performance from Jorginho and Mendy, you know, two two arguably two of our, our most important players to an extent when you look at the midfield and you look at goalkeepers. Um I agree with you, you know, you you're a goalkeeper, you know, I've played defence before the the first thing they, and I said this to you on, uh, during the game, you know, the first thing they tell you, if in doubt, kick it out. It's the first thing they t- teach you, you know, as a kid. So Rosette, you know, outside the stadium, into the car park, if he's got to hit a fan in the face, whatever you've got to do, just get rid of the ball and, and take a corner or take a throw in and, and just, you know, regroup as a, as a team. But to, to see um, just the confidence of, or the cockiness, not the confidence, mm, cockiness. cockiness. Yeah, it's more um, cockiness than confidence. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, you know, sometimes you just got, you've got to just kick it long. You know, you haven't got to play it out from the back every every situation you're in. So it was a poor pass from Jorginho. Don't think we can let him off scot-free. Um, you know, there wasn't enough weight on the pass. But at the same time as well, Mendy's got to just kick it out. Um, I, give West Ham their credit, you know, they played really well. Um, you know, I thought there was times where, you know, they made sure they pressed us, especially midfield. They, they, you know, they were on top of us for, for parts of that game. But when you, you know, you see the mate Thiago Silva, you know, get the goal, um, the penalty, you're still sort of thinking to yourself, we can still win this. You know, it's 1-1. Um, Mason Mount, you know, obviously amazing goal. It's probably got to be one of the goals of the season. Um, second goal, I think, you know, I think it's Rudiger and Christensen. There's obviously a mix up in Rudiger, I don't know what he's trying to do. He almost tries to flick it away. Um, and, and Christian just isn't too close close enough to Bowen to close it down. But the fluke goal for me, uh, yes, it's a fluke from him, but I think Mendy's positioning was awful. I'd agree. I should, I'd, yeah. You've got to cover that side of the post before you think about doing anything. And you've got to expect that ball to go in the back of the net rather than for a cross. He was positioned all wrong for me, in my opinion. But what's funny about that goal is during the Watford game in midweek, I spotted him in a very, very similar position when it was a cross coming in. And, you know, sub- subconsciously, I was thinking to myself, you know, if, if that goal squeezes in that, if the ball squeezes in that gap, that's a goal. Mendy yeah. should be getting nearer to that post and, you know, closer to, to his line in a way. And then against West Ham, you know, what it happened, you know, he, he made that mistake. And I just feel like maybe he's, he, he's, he wants to be that goalkeeper at Chelsea that can come out and catch balls from crosses, from corners. And that cost us in a way because he's so focused on that that he, you know, he forgot that you know there was at least two meters or three meters between that front post and him. And um, yeah, it only happens once in a blue moon, I suppose. But when it does happen, it's really embarrassing for a goalkeeper. And I do think, had he been one step closer, you know, to his right hand side, he's mm. he's not letting that ball go in. So 
two two really avoidable goals. I feel, which is a real shame. Yeah, and I you know I don't want to bash Mendy too much because we you know everyone's prone to making mistakes during games, but and we've seen him pull off some world you know well you know it was only a couple of weeks ago we were talking about him being the best goalkeeper in Europe, if not the world at the moment. So. I don't think he can lose that sort of form or that sort of ability overnight. I think it's just a case of, you know, he hasn't, whether, like you said, you know, whether something's gone to his head or whether his, his, his mind's slightly elsewhere. Um, I, I'd imagine Tuchel definitely laid into him at half time, um, giving away that penalty so easily. So maybe that was playing on his mind second half as well. But professional footballers haven't got that excuse, that luxury to, to make those kind of mistakes at this, at this time in the season as well. Um, games are coming thick and fast. We just can't afford to be dropping points against Burnley, against United, against um, almost against Watford, if you want to include that. You know, that was a very nervy game to watch. And again, against um, West Ham as well. So in my opinion, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it later, but against Zenit, but I think I would give him a rest. I'd, I'd bring Kepper in um, just to give his mind, you know, his, his body, his mind, just a bit of a breather and, and let him just understand that you know you, you're not number one um just for being number one there is other goalkeepers Bentonelli and Kepa that can also come in and do a job and maybe just give me something to think about as well I'd have to agree I, th- I think I spoke about fatigue and tiredness in that in that squad you often think of you know the 10 players other than a goalkeeper when you think of tiredness but I think goalkeepers as well and when you make mistakes like that and when you're nominated for so, so many awards maybe you just need a small break just to get your feet back on earth and think to yourself okay you know I just need maybe a small break to to get back in place. And Kepa's mm-hmm. a very talented goalkeeper. We forget how good he's been under Tuchel and he deserves a chance as well. And maybe dropping him for one or two games, may, he may come back and be stronger because I don't think we've seen the best of Mendy in the last three, four games, if I'm completely mm-hmm. honest. And I don't, I still think he's one of the best keepers in the world, top three, top five. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, I do think he needs a break. And I think Zenit's the perfect game tomorrow to give him that break. Let's just quickly look at the fixtures that we've got, obviously going forward. Um, but we'll mention Zenit slightly later. But in terms of the Premier League, we've got Leeds United at the weekend. We've got a midweek game against Everton. We follow that up with Wolverhampton away. And then we've got the Carabao Cup quarterfinals, um, Villa on Boxing Day. And then on our final game for December is Brighton at home. So those are, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to say that the, the the most obvious thing, but they're games that we should be winning. But I probably would have said that against West Ham, albeit that they're fourth in the league, albeit against United, how they were playing at the time that we played them as well. And obviously Burnley, who were sitting, I think, 19th in the league at the time. So you just look at those fixtures now and you you think we really, you know, we're third, we're third in the league now. We can't really afford to to lose any of those games now for the remaining part of this month. Yeah, Um Post I mean, that, that one week after the Leicester victory and the Juventus victory, I was thinking to myself that we should be winning every single fixture in December, based on those clubs' forms and our, you know, how we were playing. But now, you know, a couple of weeks later, and you know, things aren't so, so so good for us. I suppose you know we're not playing as well as we were a couple of weeks ago. And these teams, particularly Everton, who picked up the three points against a decent Arsenal side, Wolves as well, who have looked quite impressive this season. I think those are tricky fixtures, actually. You know. And now with the injuries we have, you know, with our depth slowly kind of looking a bit, you know, more fragile as well. I think it's going to be quite a difficult December. I do expect us to drop more points, you know, in those fixtures that you just listed there. Um, I think Leeds, you know, the next Premier League fixture is a must, must win. 
you know, we've dropped three points. Um, it's crazy that it's a must. It's a crazy. It's a must win when you talk about Leeds and that their form as well. But 100, percent I agree with you. It's a must win. And even Zenit, I, I kind of do want us to, if we are going to, you know, regain some confidence and some form. I think Champions League is a good opportunity to do that. To do that, we saw it last season where we we lost in you know an embarrassing way to, to West Brom at home. A couple of days later, would be Porto two 0 um, two 0 in the Champions League. So mm. I think winning against Zenit will be a good you know chance for us to bounce back. I think I would like some rotation. There will be some more tiredness in the squad from a long journey to Russia. But um, but yeah, I think Zenit and Leeds, I think we'll just take one game game at a time in December. It's the best way to see it. But if we can get, you know, top of the group in the Champions League, Group H, and then get the three points um, against Leeds. I don't know who Liverpool and City are playing. But I think we should just worry more about ourselves rather than these other teams that, you know, now are above us. I'm actually kind of happy that these teams are above us now because... There was a lot of pressure when we were top and they were breathing down our neck. Whereas now we can just focus on almost putting the pressure on them like they were putting the pressure on us. So I kind of, that's the way I want to see it now. But yeah, two must-win games, I want to, I want to say. One, one noticeable um, at the weekend was, was Alonso, who um, came off with, I think, a back injury. And obviously Thomas Tuchel's got his press conference later on today, which I'm sure he'll confirm. Um, again, I'm not sure if he was out training in the open training session, but... Um, it does beg the question again, have we got enough cover at that sort of left back position? And I know we spoke about it only two or three episodes ago um, in terms of who can, who can play there. You know, Hudson-Odoi might be able to play there. Sal Niguez is another option. But I mean, Hudson-Odoi ended up playing there against West Ham at the end. And I, I, I wasn't overly keen, if I'm honest. I, I don't think he's naturally... Um, got the strength to play there. I think he was being muscled off the ball. Obviously, Antonio is a very strong player, you know, to, to go up against as well. But just even looking at the way his positioning was and some, I feel naturally we need someone who can actually play that position and is comfortable playing there. Um, we obviously don't have that in Chilwell. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. But I still think Ian Matson for me, is the, the, the answer. You know, bring him back. The expectation isn't there for him to play, you know, week in, week out in the Premier League. Um, you know, he's obviously going to need to be used potentially to rotate with Alonso, but the expectation isn't going to be there for him all week. And it's a good learning curve for him, I think, to be at a club like Chelsea, you know, the, the players around him. So what's your thoughts? Has it changed? Because I think you said we necessarily might have enough cover with Aspie, who also um, can play there as well. But do you think we've still got enough cover? It's a difficult one. I did I did think when Chilwell got injury that I had faith in Alonso to do the job for the period that Chilwell would be out for. You know, seeing how many games we've got and knowing that maybe Alonso might be being forced to play every single one of those games I'm thinking to myself he probably will get injured and like we saw against West Ham you, you do pick up these injuries and if we are to kind of panic and go into January and buy someone I don't think that's sensible at all but I think what you just said I think the sensible option if we do want someone as backup for Alonso or even Aspie in that position would be to bring back um, Ian Matson. I think and as you said, I think it'll be a great learning opportunity, even if he's not playing regularly, but just to train around these quality players and maybe get the odd FA Cup game or even a cup game, you know, if we should go to the semi-finals. So I think that would be a brilliant opportunity for him. So, um, and I have watched him. I think he played um, in the League Cup, League Cup against Grimsby in um, Lampard's first season. I think he did take part in that game. And he was very impressive. You know, pacey, uh, skillful. Uh, I haven't really watched him much at commentary, but I know he, I think he's doing a decent job there. So I think yeah. that'd be the most sensible kind of option if we do want that cover for Alonso. Yeah, it's got. I think it's got to be addressed, and I think um, you know Thomas Tuchel also, like I said on the last episode, I think he likes to have enough cover in every area um, just to cover himself. And I, I see Alonso. I think that's two games now that Alonso has been subbed off. Um, one, I think, it was tactical. 
and obviously West Ham was the the injury I think to the back but it just I agree you know it just goes to show that obviously playing that many games in that period we've got to think about the Club World Cup coming up as well um, Ben Chilwell even if he does come back I think in um, you know end of January start of February there's still that sort of level of you know rehabilitation getting back up to speed with the Premier League as well um, so for me, it makes it's a no-brainer to bring back Ian Matson. I think he's he's done really well at Coventry. It'd be a shame for Coventry because they're they're doing really well in the Championship. But you know we have to be selfish and, and think about ourselves in that long long-term plan of trying to win something this season. So for me, it's a no-brainer to bring him back um, into the fold. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, you know Chilwell might make a miraculous recovery and be back before before he's expected. So um, you know the next I think. It's, five or four weeks we'll find out how bad that injury is but I'm not expecting any good news around Chilwell um, if, if I'm honest but let's let's move it to tomorrow's game early kickoff I think it's quarter to six it might be about quarter to eight your time I think I think it's later than that I think later, it's yeah. quarter to ten if I'm not mistaken <laughs> I'll stay up for it I'll stay up I'll stay up <laughs> but let, let's move over to um, obviously a big game we're top of the group at the moment we're playing Zenit St. Petersburg. big game for us really we want to try and top the group and, and finish on a high so what's your thoughts going into that game tomorrow um, who, who would you play who, who would you rest yeah I put a tweet up I think on paper we should be beating Zenit even if we do make those rotations and I do want to prioritise the Leeds game on Saturday and if we can come out of this Senate game with no injuries, that'd be brilliant. So I'd, I'd play, I'd actually give Saul another chance. I know he was awful when he played against uh, Vicarage Road last week. But I think I would give him another chance just to give maybe even Ruben or Jorginho, who looks very, very tired at the moment, Jorginho, a rest. So I'd play Saul. I'd play Malang Sar even, potentially. I'd give Ross Barkley a chance. He hasn't featured in a while. I don't think he's played since that Burnley game. And every time he has played this season, he's looked very lively and, you know, he looks like he's you know, got a point to prove. So I would play him. Um, I think I read before, you know, before we started recording this, that Kai Havertz's injury against West Ham was nothing too serious. So he might feature, although maybe I'd just give him a bit of an extra rest for, for the weekend and maybe I'd play a Timo Werner or even a Lukaku. I think this is the perfect game for Lukaku to get more minutes under the bank, maybe, you know, um, 60, 60 minutes, 70 minutes. I think that'd be perfect for him because he hasn't really looked as lively since he's returned from his injury that we'd want him to be. So, um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd rotate a bit. I'd even play Kepa. I would play Kepa. Like I mentioned before, for those reasons, I think I'd give Mendy a rest and play Kepa. Um, I think I'd give Silva a rest. I'd give Rhys James a rest. I'd give a lot of our players a rest, I think. Um, and I, I would, yeah, and I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even be surprised if Tuchel maybe even kept some players back in London and it didn't make yeah. them travel. You know, I think maybe Kai Havertz is one of those players that maybe couldn't travel, but maybe even Mateo Kovacic, who I read his training again, might be one of those players who does travel just to maybe get a couple minutes, you know, to, to increase his match fitness. But overall, I'd rotate the team heavily. Yeah, I think, I think it's not the end of the world. And again, I hate saying this, but it's not the end of the world if we don't come out with the the victory that we want because I think we've topped the well we're currently top of the group and it always dependent on um, Malmo versus Juventus as well you'd expect them to win you'd expect Juventus to win you'd expect them to get the, the three points there so I think again we have enough quality regardless of who we play whether that's Kepo or Mending goal I agree with you I think Malang Sar coming in Ross Barkley um, Sal Niguez yes he's 
been unfortunate in the Premier League, but I think, you know, European football is slightly different and I think he'd probably, it's a brilliant game for him to come into. I think Kovacic didn't train this morning, so it's a big question mark around whether he's actually fully fit to travel. Um, if he is, I'd definitely bring him on, you know, bring him on as, as a sub. But I think Lukaku, you hit the nail on the head. I think he's got to, he looked very sluggish um, when he came on against West Ham. That could just be down to the fact he hasn't played football for, you know, X amount of weeks. But it's, it's got to be one of his longest goal droughts now. I think I can't remember the last time he's gone this long without a goal, not just for Chelsea in terms of, you know, United, Inter, um, Everton. I don't, I can't remember. It's, it's got to be on a nine game, 10 game goal drought. Yeah. Um, I think he yes, scored since yes. September. Yeah, he hasn't scored since yeah. September. Yeah. I know that's down to injury, of course, but even when he's playing, he doesn't look like he's, he's going to score. He, just, he doesn't look like he's interested, not that he's not interested, but just that he's he's not in the right places to score the goals, you know, and the pressure will be on him because, you know, we've spent 90 odd million, the expectations there. He's done it in the Premier League before. He scored 20 goals a season before. So he can do it in the Premier League. He's obviously got good numbers in Italy as well. So I think he, he needs these kind of games to, to kind of get himself back into the flow of the game, you know, get back into that sort of team mentality and, and, and understanding what's expected of him as well. But I, I agree with you, you know, definitely rest Kai Havertz because I think he's going to be pivotal the next couple of weeks and we need to sort of wrap him very much like we did in, with Pulisic or we tried to do Pulisic last season and also this season. But we've got to wrap those kind of players in cotton wool because um, he seems like he's he's almost a new Pulisic in terms of the injuries that he's picking up. But um, one person I think we've definitely missed over the last couple of weeks is Angola Kansi. Mm, yeah, he, you know, he, yes, we know what he's about. We know that we can play him probably anywhere on the pitch and he'd still do a job. But I just think in midfield, the last couple of games we've watched, if we had Kante in that, in that you know, midfield, even on Saturday, you know, if we had him against West Ham, I honestly don't think that's, it would not be 3 um, 2 by the end of that game. No, I mean, every time there's a mistake from the defence or some kind of, we lose the ball, you just know Kante would be there to recover, you know, intercept yeah. those. So I just feel like he, he's arguably one of our most important players and every time he plays well, we almost take it for granted. But it's just, it's just a bit, slowly getting a bit frustrated with Kante when he does get back to fitness. He plays two or three games. Then he plays that fourth game and after 10, 15 minutes, he comes off. So you just do wonder if he was even fit to start that game in the first place. So maybe mm. it's worth almost giving him an extended rest just to make sure he recovers properly this time before rushing him back mm. into the team. So that's probably... I'm, I'm relieved to see that, you know, there's these... I don't know if they're true or not, but... Kovacic training or slowly getting back into training because we do need that Jorginho Kovacic partnership back soon and I rather if Ruben Loftus-Cheek does play I rather see him play higher up the pitch maybe in that Mason Mount role or that Hudson-Odoi role or even maybe as a false nine I would like to see Ruben Loftus-Cheek as a false nine should we you know struggle more with injuries in that you know number nine position as as good as he's been in that central midfield position I don't think it's his natural position he does he did a great job against West Ham you know he played his part in the Mason Mount goal but I think you know, I think his best positions in that kind of number ten role or that you know central attacking midfield role. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to agree. I think, I think he's definitely um, out of those players that were sort of on the fringe of potentially going out on loan. I'd probably say he's the one that's impressed me the most in terms of you know like a Ross Barkley, um, even maybe Callum Hudson Odoi. I think at one point was potentially you know going to be shipped out on loan. But I think Ruben Loftus Cheek has been the one that's improved the most for me out of that crop of players but I think again this is a very important game for him to come into um, you know Zenit I mean obviously they can't qualify now it's all it's all down to us and Juventus but 
you know, they 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 are they they did you know they're, they're a tough team to play, and I, I'd imagine you know playing that sort of game, going to Russia, having to play over there, and then you know it, it's not it's not always going to be easy. Um, you know, we we know what it can be like over there. It's a very hostile crowd as well. So it might, might be an is it is it an artificial surface? I think it's in it as well. I think, it might be. I think it is. So again, you've got to factor all that in. You know, you've got to sort of play. I mean, I, I think it is. I think I think you're right. I know they do have them quite a lot over there in Russia. So, um, you know, if it is, you've got to factor all that in as well and adapt to it as well. Just the way that the the, the game's played. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But I mean, look, we're all hoping Malmo can can win. I doubt it very much. I think they've only scored one goal in the competition so far. But um, yeah, let's let's move on to the predictions. What what's your thoughts on on the result for for Zenit? Or for Chelsea? I think what's good with Chelsea this season is when we do have a really disappointing performance, more often than not, we bounce back straight after. So I think we will win quite confidently. Or comfortably, should I say. And I think it'll be 3-1 Chelsea. I think Zenit will get a goal, like for the reasons you mentioned, a bit of tiredness, hostile atmosphere, um, you know, difficult trips to Russia. But I think we will score. I think we'll look very... I think we'll be, we will need to be more clinical. But if we are clinical, we'll get three goals, I think. So I think I'll stick with 3-1. Yeah, I, I, I will follow that with a 3-0. Mm. Um, I, I just, I think after the weekend, not just after the weekend, I think you could go back as far as probably probably Burnley. You know, you think back to then, obviously take away that Juventus game in between there. But I think before that, we haven't, and I've said this before on here, on this podcast, you know, we've been winning games, but we're just not, there's, there's another level that we can go to. And I don't think we've reached that, um, you know, over the past couple of weeks. I think we've we've kind of, just got it over the line. You know, we've just, you know, even going back to Watford, you know, we just beat Watford just about. Um, so I think we need to put in a performance which shows not just the fans, but Thomas Tuchel, that there's a fight within the within the team as well. Um, like you said, you know, the best way to respond to criticism and, and a poor performance is to come back and win, you know, in, in good fashion. So I think we have to go out there and we have to perform. Um, like I said, for me, I'd start Lukaku and I'd, I'd put him in that position because I think those kind of games are, are, are made for Lukaku. I think, you know, he, he needs those kind of games and depending on who's who's alongside him or behind him, I think he, he'd, people say that he needs to service, but I think he needs to do a bit more as a number nine as well. And I think this is the sort of game that we need to see that, yes, he needs to service, but he can do a lot more himself. You know, he can, he doesn't, he doesn't really take players on. You know, I don't really see him do that. He's brilliant holding the ball up, but there needs to be a bit more. If you're going to be a number nine, there's, there's more elements to it for, for me, in my opinion. So I'd love to see him come in and do that and then maybe look at starting him against Leeds as well. But um, I'm going to go 3-0, whether it's Mendy or Kepa, I think. Uh, I agree. Rest, Silva. Christensen looked a bit wobbly against West Ham, but I'd start him. Um, Rudiger, maybe as well. Or maybe put, yeah, and rest James. I think James as well. So maybe put Aspiaqueta there as well. Um, interesting if he starts Sal Niguez at left back. Or maybe Aspi as left wing back and Hudson Adore as right wing back, potentially. Mm-hmm. It's an option. It's an option, but we, sh- we should be beating them. I think we've, we've, you know, we should be beating them. And obviously we want to try and top the group. Um, I think we can play some some good games on the, in the, the last 16 if we, we do top the group anyway. And I think... Um, I'm sure I read PSG, um, maybe Man, uh, is it Man City or someone? I think we can play as well. We can't play any English teams. I think in the round of sixteen, um, right. if we top the group, I think there's a chance we can play like 
better Barcelona if they beat Bayern Munich tonight, I think, as it was tomorrow. But it's some good teams. There's a lot. I think all this, the Portuguese teams have, you know, managed to secure second spot. I think Porto, Atletico, that game tonight will determine who gets that second spot. But it's some decent teams. None of, you know, as I say, nothing's easy in the Champions League. Even Ajax this year looked very, very dangerous. So yeah. a lot of um, decent teams that we could be facing, first or second. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It doesn't really matter who, whoever we get. We've got to play and beat them anyway. So um, you know, that's how we won the Champions League last season. Um, no one gave us any credit there. So, you know, we've got to do the, the same this season as well. But yeah, so I'm going to go 3-0. You're going to go 3-1. Um, yeah, let's just hope, hope we can get sort of out this little rut that we're in. I feel like we're in a rut at the moment in terms of the performances that we're, we're, we're putting out. Yes, we might be winning some of them. You know, you look at Juventus, that's probably been arguably our best game for, for weeks when you think about the performance not just the scoreline um, in the Liga and the Champions League as well so I, I'm looking for for a big big difference from West Ham big difference from United big difference against Burnley um, I want to see that Juventus performance again but just yeah we've got to be we've got to be sort of more on the ball and, and the conviction going forward has got to be better the midfield's got to be better if it is Mendy, kick it to Rosette. If you've got pressure on you, just kick it into Rosette. Don't be trying to play out from the back because it's not going to work. Um, I think I think the Zenit Stadium's quite low as well, so maybe just kick it out of the stadium. <laughs> put it in the car park, put it onto the motorway or wherever it's got to go, but make sure make sure it's not a penalty. Just make sure you don't give any penalties away. But um, it's going to be a good game. You know, obviously, like I said, it's an early kickoff for, for the UK guys. Obviously, Theo, you'll be up till about quarter to 12, something like that, watching it. So um, I'm sure you'll enjoy it nonetheless anyway. Um, but yeah, as, as Theo mentioned earlier, don't forget to go to our Instagram page at from the shed ends with underscores between each of the words. We are doing a competition. We might look to extend it as Theo mentioned before, might even give away a few more things to make it a bit more interesting for the, for the followers. But, um, we do appreciate obviously the 2000 followers that we've got on there as well. We're close to 500, if not already on Twitter as well. So you can follow us on there at from the shed end, all one word Just search for us and you should be able to find us. And again, YouTube to search for us from the shed end. You should be able to find us all the links and stuff, all the descriptions, all the competition information will be in the description as well. So you can just click on one of those links and find us. But this has been episode 40 from the shed end podcast, myself, T-Dot. And as always, Theo, enjoy the rest of your holidays, travels, all the rest of it. You're probably in the best place right now if we don't win tomorrow. But yeah, enjoy the rest of your, your travels and holidays. And obviously you'll be back, hopefully for the next episode, back in cold England. Uh, fingers crossed, yeah, back this weekend. I wouldn't mind if I get stranded out here, but <laughs> I, will be, I, will, I will be missing Stamford Bridge if I stay here a bit, a bit too long. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully you'll be back and obviously you'll be back as well. So make sure you tune in next week for the next episode. But this has been episode 40 from The Shed End. Thank you for listening.